0: Welcome to Rooted. I'm Sam, a new age business strategist and coach for solopreneurs rooted in soul. In this podcast, you will be a part of conversations with incredible solopreneurs that know exactly where you are and are here to help guide you to where you want to be. Subscribe, rate, and review to ensure you never miss an episode. And keep the conversation going by following me on Instagram at rootedwithsam. I'll see you inside. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Rooted. I'm so excited because today I had a seriously amazing conversation with Jake Folk. He is the voice behind the podcast Looking Through the Lens. You can definitely subscribe to that because it is fabulous. Jake puts so much heart into everything that he does. And I am so grateful to call him a friend, which he admitted to on the podcast that I am a new friend and I am so excited about that. (laughs) It's so hard in the personal development and wellness space to find good people that you can truly connect to on a deep level. you know We can connect to people all day long through DMs and Voxer notes and with our clients and family members. But when you find some people in this space, whatever space you're in, you just know it feels really good to have that deeper connection of, I see you, you see me, we're good. And that's kind of how it feels with Jake. Anytime you talk to him, you get that. You get the real Jake wherever you're speaking, whether it's on a podcast or through Instagram, maybe even listening to his podcast, you'll get that too. So definitely be sure to check him out. In this episode, Jake and I go into really everything that he's doing. He is working a corporate job. He is building a Patreon community. At this point, he's already launched this Patreon community. So make sure you check that out. He has an amazing Instagram community of people who love to learn about wellness and nutrition and health and body work and... All of the things that just make you feel good and help you show up better mentally and physically every single day. So without further ado, this is my interview with the amazing Jake Fulk. You're still working a nine to five while you're doing...
1: I think it was the start of the pandemic that had kind of opened my eyes to the opportunity that was given to me, the opportunity that was in front of me, an opportunity that was very, very seeable and it was scary to take. It was scary to like come into my own with this personal training, kind of. That's kind of how it started out. And then it went out into this relatable information of just kind of generally taking care of yourself and not taking life so serious. That's my main thing within the Patreon, within the training, but the nine to five, no, I kind of set some boundaries with my corporate job. I'm like, look, I'm working four days a week. I don't mind working five days a week, but if it's five days a week, you guys are working me four hours for the shift. I can't, I can't do retail six to eight hours a day. I
0: can't wait. It's just what do you working. do for corporate then? T Mobile. Oh, I've been,
1: yeah. I've been with T Mobile for nine years.
0: Holy cow.
1: Yeah. I started with a third party T Mobile nine years ago. I was 20 years old and it was sales and it was a lot of money. It was stupid money for a 20-year-old. And all my friends are going to school and I'm making like four or $5,000, 6000 commission checks. But it was Monday through Saturday at 10 to 8. So we kind of talked about this in the labyrinth of setting boundaries. This is something that, uh, you know, I was making six grand a month, but I didn't give a shit. You don't have a life to live one day a week, like one day a week is not enough to enjoy the six grand that you're making. Cause then on that one day you're chasing after something that you have always dreamed of. And it's mostly, I'm not saying this, but, but for me, it was material. There was nothing that was enhancing my education. It was nothing enhancing my worldview. It was nothing enhancing like a growing side of myself, right? It was just bought a truck put wheels on it put tires on it put a lift on it put fenders on it put a spacers on it like sexy Boys sexy truck. Yes, trucks? oh my That's, gosh shit that was me and now I'm like wanting to buy a truck not doing shit to it just put a shell on it and then build the shit out of it like I want a kitchen in it I want my bed to slide out I want all the room for my dogs I'm gonna have oh it's it's game plan but I don't want it to spend money on looks like the external side of a truck like I don't understand what that means anymore back then I was like ooh this is gonna get me girlfriends and then mm-hmm. I never had a girlfriend for like three years that I owned it. So I don't know what I was doing.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's the approach that every cause I come from like a pretty small town and yeah. it's very country. So like everyone's goal is to get a truck and make sure that it's loud so you can hear it. And so everyone looks, yeah. and I'm like, I remember I worked at a liquor store and you would like hear the whistle that's on the track. The
1: chip and the diesel and whatnot
0: yeah and yeah. We, we would every girl there would be like and like roll our eyes and the guys would come and be like hey we're just gonna get like a six pack of bud and i'm like you are so cool
1: yeah that chevron right next door to us doesn't have any beer <laughs> you got to come to the exactly. liquor store right. and show me your truck. I appreciate right. that. Thank you, exactly.
0: Good. Thank you so much. I get it. You're
1: just, yeah, you're trying to impress the local girls.
0: My favorite though, was when they like forgot to bring their ID in and I'm like, I'm not selling you anything.
1: Yeah. Sorry. This isn't the sixties <laughs> and seventies, bud. Oh,
0: you can't gosh. get
1: away with that shit anymore.
0: <laughs> so how does it feel then working a corporate job while also being a solopreneur?
1: It's just struggle. And It's not the struggle of going into a corporate job. The struggle is it's not aligned with what I'm doing with my business, the training, the labyrinth, the Patreon, the cooking, whatever it may be that I'm even personally doing that I have a passion for, just not aligned with it anymore. And a lot of the business side of it is political. I work my ass off and to get to management, I worked like three years, I was just kicking ass working like almost 95 hours of pay period. So every two weeks, it was 95 hours, so around 50 hours a week, close to 50 hours a week. And I really just wanted to get promoted. That's, that was my goal. And I got that promotion. I got it. And I am the type of person that is going to immerse myself into the structure of how they manage, which was amazing. I was the manager that wanted to show up, go into a store and be the reason people want to go to work. I didn't want the whole mentality of going to work and dreading the six to eight hours. I'm like, guys, we're here all four to six to eight hours a day. I want it to be enjoyable. You're here four to five days a week, right? That's most of your time. And with that being said, that was my goal, you know, going in, taking care of the storage operations, taking care of the material stuff, connecting with the DMS, the numbers. Like I was, I was driven to do that. And I loved my people. I loved bringing, in new hires, how we train around culture, how we play. like It was a very positive shaping of managerial commitment for me. I loved it. But the business made a decision and my hard work got pushed back because of a business political decision. And right there and then I was like, cool. So I can either do my own thing and be scared doing it and you know have that you know what if i fail in the back of my head well i just busted my ass for 3 years trying to get to a position that i got and now they're telling me i'm going to have to chill in that position for the next 3 to 4 years it's like you guys just took something away from me and you fed it to me first like you you fed the goods to me first and then you led me to believe that I was going to be promoted next. Like, I'm, I'm the next. I'm the next. You're, you're doing great, Jake. You're doing fine. You know, work on this, work on that. And I was, I was working on what they were asking to work on emotionally intelligently, operations within the store, whatever it was. I was listening and I was acceptable to feedback. I loved being coached. I have no problem being, you know, coached. But that decision, I was like, cool. So I can either fail both ways or succeed both ways. But the corporate side, It's not aligned with how I feel right now. And it just seems kind of crooked. It seems kind of cynical. It seems one political and I'm over it. I'm just, so what I like about going into this nine to fiver, if you want to call it that is social interaction. I'm a very social person. I quit the gym to save money and build my own gym out of my garage so I can take clients in my garage rather than getting gypped at the gym. And I saw the life that I could just have. You know, it it wasn't luxurious. It wasn't a house on the mountaintop. It wasn't any of that. It was just doing what I want to do and the freedom to do it. I was going hiking. I I have been going hiking. The Patreon's kind of taken up some time with that, but I was able to go hiking all last year from October for like two to three days a week. And that's what I was at. That that was it. I was like, I just want to live my life like this. I want to live like this in the nature of things. That's pretty much it as far as that question goes.
0: How long did it take you to have this feeling and this thought of, I don't think this is like what I want to do anymore. I want to do this other thing to have that and then just do that.
1: Nine years, nine years since I've been working at T-Mobile, I've always wanted to help people in a certain way. I just never knew how, never knew what the trajectory was, how I was going to do it. And I've had this feeling for nine years. I was like, I just, there's something bigger. I don't know what I want to do, but I had a big disbelief about myself. And that came through the academia, you know, first through graduation, I grew up being told that I have a learning disability. Comprehension is slow. And therefore trickled into thinking that I just couldn't learn. Therefore, why try to learn anything if I'm, you know, I'm good with people. Cool, I'll sell. That's what I'll do. I'll be in sales for the rest of my life. And I didn't really give myself any other credit for being a relatable person, being a person that can be, you know, influential leader. I was still holding myself back. I was like, well, I can't make the jump because it's the security. It's the job security. It's what I'm told to have, it's what I'm told that is necessary to have the things. What are the things? The things to me growing up were graduate. If you were LDS, you went on a mission. And if you, you go to college, get married, you have a kid, you buy a home, you wait till retirement. That didn't sit with me well. I saw it planned. I'm like, well, where's the spontaneity? And I'm not saying that any of that is negative, but for me, it just seemed preordained. I don't like preordained things, but the unknown is scary. And sometimes it's easier just living in the security, but in the back of your mind, it's there. That opportunity, that, that drive, that passion, that motivation, the inspiration, it's in the back of the mind. So it never really went anywhere. It's always been with me.
0: When you did make the leap into solopreneurship, we'll just call it. Okay. How did you feel... I guess, how are you feeling? Because you're still doing both, but now you're just like, I mean, I see what I see on Instagram and you're just having the time of your life, it looks like, but I also know as a solopreneur that it's hard.
1: Yeah, I think the hardest thing is just living in the unknown. Like you can put in this work, right? This Patreon. I've come up with like two names for it. I don't know what the fucking call it. Like that's what it is though. You put it out and this is sometime I've I've run into a couple of friends. Like, I don't know what I want to call it. Really? So you defining the name, makes up all the work that you want to do in it. No. So I've never really had a problem like pushing out content and changing it. Like I've been so susceptible to change or feedback and coaching. Like I don't mind being told to in full humility when you had DM me on the name for the Patreon. I was like, yeah, that's a stupid name, but I don't know what to call it. So it's just going to be put out and I'm fine tuning it as I go. I'm launching this June 4th. So like I'm going to put it out and see where it goes. You just gotta like take the leap of faith almost. And to answer your question, I'm fucking happy, Sam. Like, I've never been more happy in my life because I know I'm qualified now. And I never used to believe that. I never believed that I was qualified enough to share information and have someone take it as advice or a way of life, a lifestyle, whatever they wanna take away from it.
0: So with Patreon, since you brought it up, I love if you could give a little share about what people can expect Mm. inside the Patreon, whatever it ends up being
1: called. Yeah, hell yeah. I think building it has been amazing because there are some things that I got attached to. I'll circle back to what I mean by that, but my Patreon, I'm so excited. I have always, I guess I haven't always loved cooking, but... It's a somewhat of a meditation. You just start developing more curiosity. Like, what if I put some thyme in here or some rosemary, some mint, and some add some lemon, this oil, that oil, garlic, you know, just the different vegetables and the different spices. I love creating with that. And with my background, I love eating whole foods. I love making whole foods into meals. I think in my early 20s, 24, 25, I had met a nutritionist who really allowed me to focus on micronutrients because previously I was all about bodybuilding and just shoving in the chicken and rice and broccoli. That was pretty much it. That was my dietary consumption. It was very, very bland. And I could tell my body was searching for something, searching for nutrients in particular. It's what this nutritionist had showed me is that micronutrients is just as important as macronutrients. I'm like, okay, cool. How do I narrow down micronutrients when I read an ingredients bar, or anything, and it has 33 ingredients. Like, then what is this? This isn't Whole Foods. So that's kind of in my mentality. Not to say that I don't eat processed foods. I'm human, but when I cook, I love cooking with Whole Foods and making them flavorful. Because when you tell people you just cook, and then like, well, I, I can't really make it taste good, and that's like, well, because you don't know how to cook. I, I get that. It's not a lot of people know how to cook today. We're not taught. I mean, we have home ec class, but
0: I didn't. You
1: didn't have home ec. No. What? Oh yeah. That's what we were going through. We did like home ec, home ec included like cooking and sewing. Yeah. So yeah, to, to your point, like most people don't learn to cook and that's some fault of their own. It's kind of something you just kind of fall into. And with this this Patreon, what I love doing is making these meals and making them relatable to individuals that do want to have whole foods for dinner. They have their own garden, they're starting to grow their own food, which is amazing. I love seeing that it's definitely spiked in the past year. So I know that the awareness of growing your own food or getting your own food is coming up. It's an awareness that is coming up. So I love to make delicious recipes and putting it out on Patreon and just kind of my imagination. That's what I'm tossing in It's just my imagination with these recipes. And then the workouts, I've always, ever since I was little, my sister took me to gymnastics. So I've always had like this body awareness, this stability, balance, and just kind of like a keen sense of moving. And within that, you know, exercise became my second home. I was always in the gym. I remember bailing on school in high school and going to the gym just because it was a non-important class, right? We all had them. And you always wanted to do something you wanted to do. So the gym was my place. Gym was my place to go get away from people, get away out of my head and just, you know, just work out. But it became way deeper than that. It became very euphoric, meaning... I am making a mind muscle connection with my body. And what I mean by that is a lot of the times we can compensate when we work out, when it comes to our core, I don't want to get too far into the workouts, but I, most people can't toss a kettlebell of their head. Most people can't do, you know, jumping lunges per se, but I love making it relatable to individuals who just want to move their body. I grew up moving my body, but never falling towards a a direct uh, sport. I did wrestling in high school. I enjoyed it, but it sucked. I didn't like competing. I'm not a competitive person, but how I would feel after practice, it felt like just, I was good. There was no worries. There was nothing to bitch about in life because I was too tired to do so. It kicked my ass. And there's all I want to do is go home, grub and go to bed. That's it. I was after, you know, after practice, after school, and that was very enjoyable. So, but with wrestling, you're connected to your body. You have to be, and that's applicable throughout life. As we age, as we degenerate, that's an, you know, we, we degenerate naturally. And I know people are gonna be mad when I say, it. you don't use it, you lose it. So that became very apparent in my life when I would see my family members not doing anything with their body and it having a negative impact when they wanted to use their body. Now what I mean by that, and I can give a, a brief story. My grandpa, he's Italian. He was Italian. Sorry, he's passed. And He cooked from scratch every single time, straight up olive oil, the bones, all the meat and whatnot, the noodles he made fresh. It was so cool to see him cook like that. He's a very healthy individual mentally and physically until he was around 80, 85, 90. His back started to rainbow. You know, he's leaning over, trying to pick his head up, staring straight. That is not degeneration, that is lack of movement through lifestyle that is lack of paying attention to what your body needs and what it's used to. It's used to moving its hips in the joints. It's used to moving the shoulder in the joints. These are all connected. And even in the core, people are like, well, I don't want abs. It's like That core keeps your shit upright when you're older. That's my whole thing. I love training for foundation. I want to carry you into your old age. I had a podcast previous to looking through the lens. It was called Living for Longevity. That was my passion. That's where it came from. And then I just found out I was curious about everything else. But the point being this Patreon, I just want it to be a very foundational Patreon for people to not take so serious because life shouldn't be.
0: What a good little ending there.
1: I was going all over the place. I was like, I got to nail this right here.
0: (laughs) Well, you did. Great job. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awesome, though. I know like for most Patreons that I've seen or heard of, they have like varying levels of entry or membership, Mm -hmm. is that something you'll be doing or is it kind of like everybody gets the same stuff?
1: This is where I wanted to circle back on. For now, yes, everyone will probably get the same stuff. I want to incorporate a podcast in there upon topic request. I don't want to just spit into the mic and just put it on my Patreon. I want it to be something the community comes up with. So I think that'll be a separate tier down the road. But to circle back and to reflect on my ego or the ego in general, when... I first started podcasting. It was evident that some individuals would comment, like, Hey, you have a really good voice. You have a good voice. You have a good voice. I'm like, Ooh, this is getting in my head. I have a good voice. I have a good voice. I have a good voice. And it was then transforming. Like, people would, like, You should do ASMR. You should do meditations. You should do this. And I'm like, Okay, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to fucking study it. I'm going to, like, and I was already doing my own meditations. I like to meditate. I'm like, Ooh, you know, like, what if I can help someone meditate? And I am <laughs> reading. He says a book. in his
0: meditating. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point.
1: <laughs> I'm reading the book called Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism by Chongyem Pa. I don't know. We can, we'll link it. Anyways, it breaks down the ego and certain things it attaches it to, whether good or bad, right? When we want something or we're shooting for a degree, a job opportunity, and we want to attain something, this attaining something makes us feel good can make us feel good. It gives us drive. Well, to reflect on it, does it align with the values? Does this decision, does this endeavor align with your values? And I had to ask myself, Jake, is meditation something you want to do? Or is it something that people just tell you you're good at? And that sounds good. I'm like, it just sounds good. It sounds good being told I have a good voice. That's the ego. And the ego projected this, this vision of meditations with Jake. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's not authentic. That's not authentic. It's not who I am. This is what it is. I had to let it go. That was my first tier. And I had to let that go. It was hard. But like, I think that's necessary when you are creating your own shit. You have to let things go.
0: I feel like you in just saying that, how did you become so self-aware?
1: Mm, I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> People ask me that. I was like, I don't know. It's just, I think it's this natural curiosity. Now it kind of borned itself after the elimination of me thinking I couldn't learn this, me thinking I couldn't comprehend, removing the label that I was holding myself in or telling myself I was growing up in school, like academia, it just wasn't my thing. I didn't think I was intellectual. I didn't think I was self-aware. I didn't think all this thing. So I'm unveiling a new curtain, a new lens, a new road to drive on. Like, I'm just fucking going with it. Some things click, some things don't. But I'll be completely honest. I think the self-awareness comes from having an older sister, seven years in particular, that was going through a bit of you know turmoil in her life, her young life, and it trickled into the home, the arguments, the yelling, it all happened. And I was young. I didn't really understand or comprehend what was going on. So I'd shut my door, kind of check in, see how I was. I'm like, well, I don't really know what's going on. So like, let's just play some video games. I got my dog. That's why I love dogs so much. I think they were always just there for me. And, you know, growing up, that was just that visual learner. I didn't say much. I would just sit back, look at things, how they were going down, pay attention to how they would make me feel. And if it didn't make me feel good, I wouldn't be around it. If it made me kind of scared, you know, I kind of dipped my toe in the pool, but it was based off of how I felt. And now coming into almost 30, I think it's just like something that's second nature, not all the time, but it's something I'm grateful for that my life, I don't want to erase anything because it's what I learned that's valuable to me now.
0: I feel like being in this kind of space that we're both, in I'd say the personal development and wellness kind of space, once you reach that point of, I'd say being like 80% self-aware, maybe 75, even Mm -hmm. you constantly have that in the back of your mind to the point where for myself, at least it almost gets annoying where I'm like, okay, but where is this stemming from? what parent said something when I was four to make this happen? And I'm like, oh my God, I I just don't like it. That's what it is. I just don't like it. And it's okay,
1: right? Like, it's okay to be like, I just don't like it. And I love that you brought that up. I'm actually kind of going through something with my friends, not my friends in particular, but a couple that I had known since I was six years old. Obviously, I'm not the same as I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You're not the same. And when you're boys and you remember skipping rocks when you were six years old, like there's there's just a relationship of brotherhood, but sometimes you just want to kick your brother's ass so fucking hard. And it's not that I just want to beat him up, but the conversations that I am having such as this in our Soulfire team, like everyone I, I'm able to carry on a conversation and it actually go in depth to something, to the value. And some friends that hasn't clicked for them, that hasn't, and it may never click for them. Maybe they don't want to focus on, you know, self-inquiry, personal development, self-awareness, starting their own business. And I was just getting frustrated. I was like, well, fuck, man. Like, what? why would you think that this is okay and this and that and this and this? I'm like, how do I feel right now? What am I processing? You know, what things was said when I was younger to reflect on? I'm like, Jake, it's okay just to be pissed. You don't have to fucking calm yourself down. I, eventually, yeah, take some deep breaths. This is in your mind right now and take some breaths, but it's okay to just be like bummed that you don't connect with your friends as much. It's okay.
0: How do you navigate that? Because I feel like, especially as people who like deep conversations and who like to go there, you know, we have friends and I'm thinking about myself here, but we have friends who you went to high school with and Mm -hmm. you've grown, they've grown, but Mm -hmm. grown a little differently maybe. And it almost feels like you have to remain friends. I don't think I've broken up with a friend before.
1: Yeah. How does that, like, how does that work out? I don't understand.
0: Yeah. Does it it just like happen? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it definitely
1: fades the actual connection, not the friendship. I don't think the friendship will ever like get to rate unless something happens. I don't know. It seems more or less though, to, the, the word that we want to use here is fade, like the connection and how I navigate it is very difficult. <laughs> it's, it's hard to navigate and to understand that I'm tr- making these transitions in my life where Not everyone's making the same transitions, but to relate it back to your question, I have to sit in my own humility. Sometimes I have to say, okay, Jake, you're learning X, Y, and Z. Your friends sometimes don't give a shit about that X, Y, and Z. And that's okay. But try not to hold yourself to a standard of the like self-righteousness, personal development, Shit. Right. Like you can have silly conversations. You can be a kid and giggle with your friends. Right. But that's also hard to navigate, too, because what if your friends are saying things and doing things that you don't necessarily agree with? What am I supposed to do then? I'm going to speak out and that's going to be awkward because, you know, when you're your early 20s, even late teens, boys give each other shit. And we're sarcastic and passive aggressive about it. And it's very evident that that's carrying into our, our early 30s now, our late 20s and our early 30s. And I see that and I don't want to be around it because mm-hmm. I'll call you out on it. And it's going to be like, well, I was just joking, bro. No, I'm holding you accountable to what you said. Because am I saying the same shit? No, I'm not. Because what you're saying is very deeply rooted into your mind and you wanted to say it. That's just kind of what I think about and how I navigate it. It's, it's not easy. But that's just kind of how I go about it.
0: What about making new friends?
1: Yeah, I have a new friend right in front of me.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Yeah, like laughs> I have this... a new friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm, all, I'm always enjoying making new friends. And that's something that social media, I think, is overlooked on where we just go on and mindlessly scroll. But like, no, we, we can connect on there. We can connect with people from Australia, Europe, New Zealand, like anywhere on the continent, really. And that's new. That's fucking new. We used to have to write a letter. You and I, you before we hit, what, the 2007? We had to write a letter or an email. And that email probably took a day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> as long kidding. as my sister wasn't day. on the internet or See? on a phone call. Yeah, that's
1: a real fucking problem right yeah. there in the early 2000s. Heck
0: yeah. I remember uh, being on the phone with like a boy or something in, in Mm -hmm. like middle school. And my sister would go to get on the internet and you'd hear it in the phone. And I'm like, Jamie, get out of here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I am thankful for, you know, the expansion of the internet and connecting with like-minded individuals that I am grateful for.
0: Oh yeah. Have you ever like turned around and looked back at the relationships that you have built because of the internet and where you would be if, you hadn't have made those relationships?
1: I don't know. It's a good question. I have no idea. I, I think have, about uh, that a lot. Do you? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. But like, how's that going?
0: It actually sends me into like a gratitude spiral. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, tell me like, about it. I want to know. I discovered Jordan Younger. She's the balanced blonde on Instagram. And without her, I don't think I would have been connected to, well, I would have never met Kelly. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. then had this position or met you. And I think about those things and I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause sometimes, you know, this space feels, it can feel a little bit much and you see the people and you're like, oh my God, there's just so many, like, where is my place in here? I don't understand what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? And then I sit and I'm like, I'll go listen to a podcast episode of Jordan's or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wow. That's crazy if she, cause she, she just had her friend, the creator of Liquid IV on her podcast, Brandon, they're, they're very good friends. And I was on an airplane listening to this podcast and I'm drinking Liquid IV literally as I'm listening to the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, I would have never even heard about this product or these people if I didn't like randomly find this podcast and this person on Instagram, and I honestly was like tearing up and I rarely cry or tear up or anything. And so I was just like, well, this just feels really nice because without social media, honestly, which can feel like a lot, sometimes there's a lot of connections that wouldn't have happened. And I I don't really truthfully know what space I would be in or who I would be without having bumped into those people
1: on that platform. To be completely honest, I'd still probably be doing like nine to five sales, but to what you're saying same thing for me i remember listening to a po- uh, Kyle Kingsbury podcast Kyle Kingsbury had Cal on Cal i i followed him right after that and he'd mentioned a name that name was connor i reached out to connor <laughs> yeah there's that whole kaboom right there that's that's yes. what it is and that's i totally resonate with what you're saying like if i wouldn't have listened to the podcast and followed someone who was very like minded and who i liked what they were representing and then if he wouldn't have mentioned connor's name i was in like in a sentence and i was like wow that person said something really fucking profound i need to find that person found him found out he did coaching boom hit me with it bro
0: i'm telling you anybody who's listening right now if if this is like sparking something in you go towards whatever it's pulling you towards
1: Mm, damn straight
0: because you're gonna feel i mean right now like literally right above my heart i'm feeling this like almost giddiness where it's like ah you know what? Do that coaching program, or like follow that person, or reach out to them. It doesn't have you don't have to like be a part of something that they create, but just like being in their vibration, yeah, can just do wonders. It's really cool what the universe has allowed us to mm. touch. Confessed, mm-hmm. cool. yeah. yeah, yeah, to the realist. So neat. I want to talk about the labyrinth just because I love the name of it so much, mm, and I really want yeah. that to be your Patreon name so badly. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I want it so maybe bad. you will maybe it will i want it like a i want i'm making videos right now and i'm just trying to play with video production and how to disperse content and there's like this this logo box and i'm like what am i gonna put in the logo and i just want a logo to go up so so you know maybe it might be the labyrinth and there is like this part of me where like well i can't have the labyrinth be like its own thing and then have the the labyrinth be the patreon but i'm like why not <laughs>
0: What makes them separate? If you wouldn't mind sharing with everyone listening. Nothing. The
1: name. Like it's already taken by one of my services. Like that's it's nonsense. So generally this will most likely be called the labyrinth, Sam. So thank you. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but the labyrinth itself, speaking of people that we connect with, Kelly actually helped me put together the labyrinth. It circles like what we've talked about, like my my childhood. What I fell into the passions of wellness, nutrition, exercising was all the visuals I was seeing as I was growing up. And there was a part of me that this passion that I have comes from wanting to help people, not just people, all general people. That'd be great. But specifically, my sister had diabetes, diabetes substance abuse early on anorexia bulimia no self-worth she would starve herself even when she was like 90 pounds and it really gave me an inside look on this life and how i take care of my life because i witnessed so much turmoil and self-inflicting harm you know, eating the bad things that we know that are bad for us repetitively, I'm not saying just because you want to splurge, but repetitively eating every day just because you're depressed, substance abuse, mindset, movement. How do I incorporate these? How do, how do I make these relatable to people? Well, Jake, what did you need? I need self-inquiry. I needed that. I needed to understand myself. And that's kind of where it borned. But when I'll be honest, where it came from It came from my tattoo artist, who I love my tattoo artist, C.J. Fishburne. He's a very poetic person, very deep individual. And we're over at his house, hanging out, kicking it, talking about books, kind of what we do. And he's an artist, so he has books everywhere in his just house. They're just laying everywhere. And I picked up a book. It was the Ancient Symbols. I think I have it. Ancient Traditional Symbols. And it's very cool because it gives you what these symbols meant in through Egyptian, Hinduism, Christianity, all the religions that used symbols. It meant something different. Not all the time. There was a couple of symbols that meant the same in through all cultures and societies, but a lot of them, they were different from each other. And that's what was so cool. But the labyrinth in particular reminded me of the alchemist because an alchemist is said to have a coaster-like circular maze, a labyrinth that they carry with them. And why they carry that, I don't know if anyone doesn't know what an alchemist is, but it's very, it's a very spiritual person. An alchemist is said to make gold from lead. And they're like monks, traveling monks. So if anyone wants to read The Alchemist, which is an amazing book. When we're hanging out, I read the definition of the labyrinth, which is quite extensive, but I grabbed something very particular from it. It's the maze or this labyrinth is an inscrutinability path, meaning we hit walls. Sometimes we don't know where to go and we're trying to get to the center, right? We're trying to get to the center of the maze, the labyrinth, the center, meaning a lot of different things in a lot of cultures means the, the enlightenment or heaven or dealing with your, your your devil, dealing with your shadows. Okay. But how do we get there? We navigate through this life. The labyrinth is life. And that was what was so apparent to me is I can make this relatable to everyone. Everyone hits a wall. Everyone sometimes doesn't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. They don't know where to ask questions because sometimes asking uncomfortable questions from our family and friends might not be what we want to hear. And therefore we get scared and don't say anything at all. So I wanted it to be a place where people could ask those good questions and learn how to ask good questions too on what they feel. And what I like to bring to the labyrinth is movement and nutrition, because those things are the most apparent in my life that have led me to feeling good 75 to 85% of my life. I don't have headaches. I don't have, you know, stomach issues. I don't, I don't have aches and pains. And am I since like lucky? Hell yeah. I consider myself lucky, but I also see it as an opportunity, an opportunity to capitalize on my health and being so young and recognizing that health, comes down to your health. You can't do what you really want to do unless you have a healthy body to take you there, a healthy mind to take you there. And then within the labyrinth it is creating the community as well, connecting with one another on similar things on these relatable topics. And I loved facilitating any questions. And I I love coming to my labyrinth and talking about something that's coming up for me because they're holding space for me as well. I love it. I can't wait to do it again in July. Like It's so fulfilling.
0: What does the length of the program, because you said it's starting again in July. So what does that look Mm -hmm.
1: like? So it was six weeks long. It was once a week, we'd go on a call for an hour and a half, just really hopping on. And I would bring certain topics or themes to each call, but that's all you can do. If the direction of the call doesn't go with your theme, let it, let it go. It's okay. You know, you don't have to, all right, guys, let's focus back to what I want. I, I wanted to bring back. No, 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 no. This isn't about Mm -hmm. I, this isn't about me. This is about what you wanted to do, be in service of others. It's others that are directing this call. I'm just here to facilitate, really hold space. And if we don't get to a certain topic, I'll bring it up next time. You just got to loosely go
0: with it. It sounds like a really good space. I enjoy it, Sam. (laughs) I can tell just by talking about it. Like I know nobody can see us, but just by talking about it, you just like get, lost in your eyes. Like you're just really excited to, to yeah. have that be something that you co-created really with the universe. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah. It was the symbol of the the labyrinth. I'm like, holy shit, this is life right here. We're all hitting walls. We're all trying to figure out which way to go. I could go all day on this symbol, but I don't want to, cause it's going to bore people sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but you never know. So you also have a podcast.
1: Yes. Looking through the lens.
0: Yes. Yeah. I want you to tell us about it.
1: So, like I said, it was living for longevity previously. And that was, that's what I thought I wanted to be. You know, I was getting on having these interviews once a week with individuals who I knew personally. It was the nutritionist that I met back in San Diego, it was my personal trainer that I met back in San Diego, two individuals that had impacted my life very heavily. And then people here back in Salt Lake City, um, some of my friends, some business owners just really anyone that emphasized longevity, health, wellness, couple of therapists. And I loved it. And then I was like, okay, who do I have on this week? And we can talk about health. Like I'm sick of talking about health. I love it, but it's not what I'm all about. I love curiosity and I love asking questions on very taboo topics. And I was trying to incorporate that into living for longevity so i would try to relate it back to some type of behavior that we can become aware of but it's like fuck it let's just name it looking through the lens and add a little bit more humor because i love humor <laughs> it just it makes life less serious so I try to add in a little humor, but sometimes I'm on a deep topic. I have learned to more or less do a solo podcast now. I enjoy it more. I don't think I have to make it an hour long. It's something that's had to grow. I didn't do them right off the bat because I wasn't sure how to do a solo podcast by myself or just in general. So I was like, cool, you know, like I'll work on my vocabulary and my pronunciations and shit. And maybe someday I'll just do solos. But today I'm doing majority of just podcasts on my own, things that are coming up in my life that seem to be relatable to who I'm connecting with. So I think my listeners are having a good time on there because they'll bring it up and it might not be their scenario, but it'll be a scenario that'd be very relatable. And that's kind of what I wanted to bring in. And I was just like, all right, let's just continue to do this podcast. I just enjoy speaking into a mic and seeing if it can be relatable to anyone.
0: So 2020 pandemic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in our houses, Mm -hmm. you started a podcast and leapt into solopreneurship and creating content and cooking and all of this, which is all great. Looks good. Probably Mm -hmm. feels great. Mm -hmm. But overall, how was last year for you as a person and as an
1: entrepreneur? I don't want to say it was great, but it was kind of great. Like, you know, I'm not saying that it was, it was a positive thing. A lot of people lost their lives and I don't want to ignore that. But I also want to be a light in the darkness. And that's what it felt like. I felt like, okay, well, I still have this thing going and I'm going to continue to do it because I know I have the time one and it's a shift for everyone, not just me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not the only one going through the shift. Let's just do it and see what pans out. And that was really it. Like I have no, and this might be bad when it comes to like goals or being sponsored on the show that might take 10 years to do. I'm okay with that. Are you okay doing what you want to do that makes you happy and doing it patiently? Can you do that? If you can't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, its Is it really what you want to do? And that's the decision I had to make. It was, can I do this? Like, Yeah, I want to make money, but I don't want to chase money. It's not what I want to do. I'm really cool with being patient about this podcasting thing. I'm really cool about just wanting to hop on and share whatever I'm going through because obviously it's relatable to some people let's keep on doing this. I don't mind doing it. I like it'll, it'll always shift too. That's what I like about it with the lifting, living for longevity and then looking through the lens. Like what's the next thing that I come into my life where I can talk about what's the next experience. Like right now I'm getting made, like huge into history in general, like all of it. And that's sending me in a whirlpool. Like, what do I start talking about next?
0: I love the question. Can you do it patiently? Yeah. That's huge because I can't, I've, I'm a very, very impatient person and I'm learning with like gritted teeth, how to be patient, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that's like, you said that, I don't know if you saw my reaction, but I was just like, what? (laughs) That was good.
1: You have to be okay with being patient. That's just the name of the game and try not to get so caught up. Like if this thing doesn't work out, who am I as a person still? Am I a person who failed at a podcast? No, you're just a person who tried a podcast.
0: Do you feel like people are more afraid of failure or more afraid of success?
1: Mm, I think more people are afraid of other people, of what they're going to say, what they're mm. mainly. For me, it's not. I mean, it wasn't the success part. It was leaving security and then some, somewhat of a little bit of what people would say. But Judy Holler, our girl, helped, us out with, helped me out with this, was like, they're already saying it. So what do you do? Okay. Accept that reality that people are already talking. It's all good. Are they hitting you up in your DMs? Like, are they harassing you? No. And what comes up a lot is our own thoughts. Like, oh, they're saying this. Are they? Or are you saying it in your head over and over and over and over and over again? That manifesting that you want to do in your life, it's a clog. You're clogging that manifestation. If you keep on thinking what other people are going to say and what they are going to say negatively or positively about you, you can build your community and take feedback
0: from them but does it serve you? Okay. I didn't know I was going to be therapy with Jake, but thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're good. Like I, this is how I feel.
0: Yeah. It's important to be reminded of that. It does get clogged up.
1: Convoluted for sure. Oh yeah. It's intimidating for sure. I'm not saying like I've gone through that. I've gone through that fear. I've gone through what people are going to say and friends that I've had. Like, I don't know what my friends are going to say. It's kind of weird. Jake's talking talking to mic and he's connecting with these people all over the world. That's gone through my head. Like sometimes I've said shit that it was a relationship within the podcast. And that particular person reached out to me. It's like, but I didn't say your name. I didn't mention you. And that's kind of buggy for some people that it can almost sound like you're just venting on a mic. And that's what I really try not to do. I try to bring in an experience and See if anything comes up for anyone else on the other side with that experience. But it can be intimidating when you want to say something, but you don't know how someone else is going to take it. You have to be okay. Like I'm not telling you just to be willy nilly. People say dumb shit all the time. What should be created by us is allowing that person to reiterate and change their mind or say it in a different way that's a lot more, not as rude or anything, like more appropriate, I guess. Like give someone the chance of formulating their words correctly. Because when you're just jibber jabbering, like shit just comes out sometimes. You don't necessarily mean to like convey that.
0: Honestly, like this conversation is so good. And I feel like we've dove so far into really who you are just through what you offer and what you put out into the world. I think the only question I have, and you've sprinkled a lot of advice throughout this without maybe realizing (laughs) that you've sprinkled advice throughout this. But what do you think, is something that is really important for a solopreneur to know or to recognize for themselves?
1: Mm, Good question. Good question. You got to trust yourself, create your values, minimum of five, and any decision you make or want to make, consult your values. And if it does not align with your value or any of your values, it's okay to let it go. What are your values? Oh God. One is freedom And under that, I kind of put some bullet points like freedom. What does that mean? Well, free to be curious, creative, expressive. One was free from corporate structure. I'm working on it. And free to own my own business. Damn, that was back in January 12th. So yeah, like this is, you know, I have my own freedom within my own business. The second value is honesty. Am I honest with myself mainly? When I think of being honest with someone else, like if I don't say anything, is it a lie? If I don't tell them, do they need to be told that? I don't know. I'd rather be honest with myself before I'm honest with someone else. Not that I'm dishonest with people, but depending on who you are in my life, I might not tell you some stuff in general. That's not dishonesty. That's a line, right? That's a boundary. And the third one being a beginner's mindset, beginner's mind. I love this because it's staying open and receptive to new ideas and perspectives, not being stuck in your own ways, open to new flavors in all the own way and student of life. Really fourth is going to be self-care. Exercise, recovery, mostly sleep relationships. I'm always looking how to take care of the relationships that I have with my parents, my family, my friends. I'm trying to be aware of those relationships. And if, they, if I need to take care of them in certain areas, checking in mainly. And then being present for my family. I love my parents. My parents are badasses and they're very open to learning which has made my adult years very easy being with them. I love to cook for them. I love taking care of for them. I have all they have. When I get deep on that, it's very philosophical to me to do take care of my elders. I just feel very strongly towards that. And I hope that it becomes something that is a little bit more of a norm rather than, you know, just leaving your parents to age what i mean by this is i see a pattern i see how things were in a small town where if you know you're in a small town and you want to get out and go explore things when you're early you know late teens early 20s and i can get how you would want to go to the city but to me you know i've been to san diego been to different places and what reflected for me the most was my parents seeing their parents maybe 10 times when they left their household, which was around early 20s. And they're now 60 and they saw their parents maybe 10 times in the last 40 years, 30 years. I don't want that. I want to be able to see my parents very often when I want. And if anything you know, goes awry with their health, I want to be there. That's pretty much it on that those are my values. <laughs> I mean,
0: they're great. Thank you. I love how family oriented and how important that is to you because as you create the business even more, those are things that you're really going to want to reflect back on and mm. just continuously 100%. remember.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. This Sam.
0: conversation is so freaking good. Mm-hmm. I would love to know as we kind of wrap this one up, do you have anything you'd like to leave the listeners with?
1: Don't take life so serious. It's kind of like been my thing for like a good solid year now. It's like, I can't do anything that I hold myself to such discipline at. I won't complete it because I'm not enjoying myself. And when I don't enjoy myself, I don't finish it. But when I enjoy myself, I'm okay with just tossing half-baked Patreon names out there.
0: It's easier. Had to throw that one in there. I did.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love Uh, it.
0: Well, thank you so much. And everyone, you can find Jake's all the go-tos in the show notes, his Instagram, his podcast, and I'm sure I'll throw Patreon in there as well.
1: Appreciate it, Sam. Thank you so much for having me on.